0: it means simply divine reading we're going to look at scripture and allow it to speak to our hearts and our souls and we're going to go deeper into the word before we hear our sermon today and while I'm reading the scripture um, I want you to be thinking of the sacred word or the word that Lydia talked about last week um, for centering prayer. It's a word that comes to you that means come back to God. And when we are praying silently, we want to be in the presence of God. And sometimes we wander and we need a word that brings us back. My particular word is mystery. I see God as mystery. So my centering prayer word brings me back and then I surrender to the mystery. And each of you can pick your own word or phrase. And while I'm reading the scripture, uh, there's lots of words in the scripture and I want you to pay attention to which words jump out at you and think about your centering prayer word as well, because after the scripture, we're going to go into a, a short three to five minute time of centering prayer. The first time I read the scripture, I want you to just listen. Don't read it along with me in the bulletin. Listen with the ears of your heart going to be reading it three or four times. Listen. Jesus returned from the Jordan River, full of the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There, he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward, Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, It is written, people won't live by bread alone. Next, the devil led him into a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered It is written, You will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, It's been said, Don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. Now this time, when I read the scripture, I want you to read it along with me and look at the words as they speak to you let one or two of the words call to you and deepen your understanding of the Scripture. Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for forty days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward, Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, It is written, people won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. To be. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you and will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, it's been said, don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. Now, if you have a pen or you can just use your finger, I want you to point to or circle the word or words that Spoke to your heart that drew you deeper into this particular scripture and made them meaningful to you by highlighting them with your pen. As I read, Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, It's written, people won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It's written, You will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone jesus answered it's been said don't test the lord your god after finishing every temptation the devil departed from him until the next opportunity now just say which words you circled. holy spirit Written ceremony Now, this last time, just rest in the word. Rest in the word of God. Jesus returned from the Jordan River full. Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward, Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to be a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, It is written, people won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can do whatever I want. Give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, answered it is written you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him the devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple he said to him since you are God's son throw yourself down from here for it is written he will command his angels concerning you to protect you and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on the stone. Jesus answered, it's been said, don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. Send you a prayer. have your sacred word. Sit comfortably. Spine straight. Eyes closed. As you sit. to your sacred word to bring it back to God.
1: Friends, will you please pray with me and for me. Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, speak to us as a faith community and speak the word that each of us individually needs to hear. Holy Spirit, may all that I say point us toward greater union and intimacy with you, the lover of our soul. Amen. On July 28th of last year, Olympic gymnast, Simone Biles, withdrew from the finals of the all-around competition, an event that most expected she would win. The next day, she also withdrew from several uh, individual event finals as well. Simone recognized that she was experiencing something that the gymnastics community calls the twisties. Meaning that she was lacking awareness of her body while she was in midair twirling around like they do. And she had concerns that not only was she seriously going to injure herself but that she would hurt her own team's chances at a medal. In those days, even with all the training, lifelong training practically, that had led up to that moment, she was at her psychological and emotional, physical limits. And even in that moment, she realized She was more than just an athlete who could twist in the air. Then a few weeks ago, another world-class athlete for our country, Michaela Schifrin, who many believed was going to be the first American skier to win three gold medals at a single Olympics Games, went on to not even finish half of her events. Understandably, she was remarkably disappointed and yet in recent days she still had the courage to say you can fail and not be a failure. She separated who she was from what she did. And it's narratives like this that we can even see on our screens and in the fictional world and books and movies. Several months ago, Disney released its latest movie, Encanto, where it tells the story of this family who received a miracle several generations ago. And this miracle has led to each member of the family receiving a special ability used to serve their community. And one sister, Louisa, ends up with this ability and gift of super strength. And she's always helping everybody around town with whatever they need and whenever they need it. But that's until this family's gifts, which I won't spoil for you to not spoil the movie if you haven't seen it, but the family's gifts start going a little haywire. And Louisa temporarily loses her super strength and she confesses in a song like Disney does, she confesses via song to her sister Maribel, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service and who am I if I can't carry it all? Louise's personhood had become identified with what she did. And now most of the time in the early part of the movie, she acted like she was okay with that. But as she confesses to her sister, she was actually miserable. And then as she realizes that her worth isn't just dependent on her being the strong one who fixes everything for everybody, She's set free. And friends, that's something that Jesus shows Satan in that passage that we just experienced today. He refuses to let another being dictate his worth based on performance. Satan's trying to tell Jesus, give him this belief that You're only going to be worth something through what you do. You're only going to be worthy of being the Son of God if you show how powerful you are through a miracle. But Jesus knew he didn't have anything to prove to anybody. And he didn't just know this because he was some super wise Jesus person. He knew this because in the previous chapter of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is baptized and is told that God loves him dearly, that God finds happiness in him. Before Jesus goes and does anything for God, God has already loved him. hasn't performed any miracles yet, hasn't gone to the cross, hasn't started teaching or leading his disciples. Frankly, up until this point, Jesus hasn't done a whole lot with his life. And God loves him dearly. And Jesus knew this at his core And at least I believe that's what the key was to him resisting these temptations. Jesus wasn't holding on to any insecurities beneath the surface that compelled him to prove his worth with some type of magnificent spiritual performance. Jesus refused to live into an identity where he only has value because of what he can produce for others. So this Lenten series we're doing is called The False Self. What is that? The False Self is when we take what society uses to define our worth and we apply it to ourselves. And one of those chief aspects or beliefs that society tries to instill in us is that our being who we are is overly identified with what we do and what we produce, even if it's for God or even if it's in service to God for others. Now let's also be clear, um, work, the call to work, which takes on a variety of definitions, Work is what we're called to do as humans. It's all the way back in the beginning of Genesis. God creates humans and tells them, steward the earth. We're called to work, all of us. But our work, whether it's behind a desk, or whether it's out in the public square, or whether it's working at home as a parent or a grandparent, or even for you retired folks, finding new explorations and hobbies in these years. All work is, needs to be done in the context of spiritual formation. What I mean by that is that anything we do for God needs to flow out of our relationship of being with God. And it's one of the hardest truths of the spiritual life. Everything we do for God flows out of our being with God. I think we all need the reminder, and you will probably need to remind me too, that we are called human beings and not human doings. And a lot of times, if not frankly most of the time, The goal of spiritual formation is not just about learning something new, but to unlearn what we think we already know, to unlearn what we think is our value and worth as humans. This is part of what um, the apostle Paul writes about in the book of Romans when he talks about the renewal of the mind we unlearn what we've been taught in society, or even our own family, because as it turns out, it doesn't serve us that well, at least not as well as we thought. This false self where our self-worth and being is identified with our production can make us sound like we're really productive and makes us useful, And sometimes there there is some truth to that, that God's grace, in spite of our limitations and ignorance, does a good work. But I think it's also true that when our self-worth is so identified with doing, we keep ourselves in this hard shell that can keep us from blooming. Because we get so caught up in the doing that we can forget why we're doing what we do in the first place. We forget that anything we do should only flow out of our being present with God. Folks, I hate to break it to you and I even hate to break it to myself. We can't prove our worthiness through what we do. We just accept our worthiness as a gift from God by being the beautiful person we are created to be. Spiritual writer Thomas Merton once wrote, we may spend our whole life climbing the ladder of success, only to find when we get to the top that our ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And as I thought about that quote and this whole idea this past week, I have thought about the past two years and some of the things we've seen. And that the past two years, as tragic as they've been, some of us have also found the gift of being able to slow down. And sadly, on top of all the tragedy that's gone about us, others have lost their ever loving mind because People weren't willing to serve them inside a building. God help our world when we put our own desires of getting that two for 25 or two for $30 deal at Applebee's above people's safety. In that process, we have seen people, human beings become a commodity and value what someone can produce for us above their sacred worth. And friends, I gotta tell you, I love me some spinach and artichoke dip, (laughs) but the person serving me that should not have to be concerned about their physical health to give it to me. Now, thank God we're past this point society and we can all enter into normalcy now. But when I've seen instances like this in the past two years, I've seen how deeply this false self of doing, of production, is infiltrated in our world. Of telling people that they are only valuable if they're producing something for us, and that's just not true. And again, remember, I am saying we are all called to work. Working is our sacred duty in some form. But when it becomes so inculturated in that we don't have worth, if we're not doing a certain thing, we forget we are God's beloved. And sadly, this is something that we can, we've all been taught at some time or another probably, all the way back to our childhood. You know, it's the type of thing where we're told that mom or dad wouldn't love you if you don't do this or that. You know, I thought of myself, my elementary school time, a common statement um, that sadly I even used once was, well, if you don't do this and this, I won't be your friend. Now, fortunately, that time I said that I had the wherewithal to apologize to my friend right thereafter because it wasn't true, but I was still impacted by this belief I had experienced. We send messages, continue cycles that teach us that we're only going to be loved if we behave a certain way or fulfill a certain expectation that others have of us. A child is only lovable if they get certain grades or succeeds at a certain sport or goes to a certain college. Even as adults, we get to thinking that if we don't come through on a certain task or fulfill expectations or others or even ourselves, we're somehow less than. doesn't mean we don't strive to live up to our god-given potential but when our whole worth is defined in that we become miserable and we're not even aware of it and it makes us easy targets to live into the expect the temptations that Jesus experienced here and that's why this lent we just want to spend time being in presence of God. This Lectio Divina, the Centering Prayer, however it's structured, it can feel like a waste of time because we aren't doing anything. Well, that's the point. In Centering Prayer, we can't enter our false self of doing. We just abandon ourselves to the present moment with God. And out of that encounter with God, we can actually discover what God is calling us to do. And we discover that we don't have to do that thing just to prove our spirituality. We do it because we have interacted with the living, breathing God. And we're doing whatever we do out of a desire to partner with God. So this Lent take time to be with God. And let God free you from anything that you don't actually have to do so that you can more faithfully be who you are. Amen. So friends, this morning